Dear God, I don't think I meant it when I told you that whatever you wanted was cool with me, because I have some questions for you. Haven't I done enough? Haven't I surrendered enough? Haven't I been hurt enough? Haven't I lost enough? I always ask you why my husband was a monster. You don't answer. When will people stop dying or leaving? When will I receive comfort without having to give it first? How long will I say, you're always there, without really questioning that myself? Why do you tear me down? Where is this peace that you speak of? Because I don't have it. Why won't you at least let me sleep at night? Why do things change? Why won't you just stop the hurting? Why don't you just listen? What did I do at seven years old to deserve what I got and every year after that? What about the rest of it? What did I do to you? Why couldn't you give me a husband that loved me and not hurt me? Why? Why, God, why won't you just let go? Why are you so silent? What have I done? What have I done? Why are you so silent? All I want to do is sleep. I want the pain to go away. I do not know how to deal with the pain anymore. Please make it go away. I do not know how to deal with any of this. Frankly, I'm mad at you. I flipped through your word looking for something to help, and yet you still seem silent. Why? I ask you again, what have I done? What have I done? Why are you silent? If nothing can separate me from your love, then why do I feel so alone? At the end of the day, really, really, at the end of the day, I do want what you want. But Lord, I am in a desert place. I am at a crossroads. I can either choose to completely surrender to you or abandon you. The thought of abandoning you and everything I have ever been told or believed terrifies me. So I need you to show up in a way that humans will deem miraculous. When in fact, I know, all you have to do is raise your hand and make it so. Because even the winds and the seas obey you. You can do this, God. Would you please? Lord, please have your hand on me. Please wave your hand. Please, Lord, please heal me. I do, though, want to know why you have decided not to heal me yet. Is it because, like the story in the book that I love so much, The North Face of God, that my power is in my affliction? But just like the man in that story, do you know how many people I could help if you would just heal me? You still seem so distant to me. This all feels like Mount Everest to me, Lord. Please help me. I surrender to your plan. If your power is to use my wounds, make me okay with that. But I don't know how to surrender. Would you take this from me, please? Would you erase painful memories? Please teach me how to make you my everything. Please teach me the concept of constantly abiding with you. Please write your name on my heart so when the doubt comes back that my heart is branded by you, my God of more than enough. You are Jehovah Jireh, and you're even Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Thank you for your word, and even though I don't understand you at all, you showed up for me here today. 
So, Father, I pray that you would be my dad. I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would comfort me. I pray that you would heal me. I pray that nothing else would matter. I pray that I would live with reckless abandonment. I pray that I would live this way in spite of how much you confuse me. Because you are my king. You are my only hope. I beg that you come to hold me, Lord, and that nothing else would matter. Would you forgive my anger? I sure don't understand any of this. But no matter what, I have always come back to the same thing. You. I just don't know what to do with the conflict in my head. You are not safe. But you're good. Would you heal any part of me? My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite verses for my king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. Previously on Wednesdays with Watson in the episode right before this one, all of you heard me say that I had not asked God to heal me. I don't even remember journaling that prayer that I just read to you 10 years ago. But in a huge dark night of my soul, I wrote that at 2 o'clock in the morning. You can probably hear, as I can, the desperation in my voice, and I believed God heard this prayer as I look back 10 years later. And the truth of Ecclesiastes 3 is so evident to me. A time to tear down and a time to build back up. You know, one of the questions I hear the most often is the same from people. How are you okay, Amy? And I always point them to Jesus and those that he put in my life and those people that stood in gaps and continue to stand in gaps. Clearly, as I said on that podcast, I had never asked for healing because I didn't remember. So I think it stands to reason that most of the time I don't feel feel like I am healed. But I do feel like I am actually healing. And I have to tell you that I am equal parts grateful for a healing heart. But I also understand the responsibility. As I read back that 2011 prayer, I know that God was in fact starting a good work in my heart through all this pain. And I know that he will be faithful to complete it. We know that because we read it in Philippians 1.6. But what is my responsibility What is your responsibility and continued healing? Do we have a responsibility? I get that question from both believers of Jesus and the star of the story and non-believers. How, Amy, how? And I often struggle with practical words besides the tried and true Jesus and people. But there really is a more practical answer, and I wanted to get behind this microphone and tell you today. My first instinct is to tell people, all you need is one ounce of fight. But I really think that what I really mean is, all you need is an ounce of desire, just a little. Because desire is powerful, y'all. Because we all fight for the things that we want. So my first question to everyone under the sound of my voice is this. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? It seems like an obvious question, but healing is hard. 
and it requires action from us. But we do not need to do it alone, because we have a God who heals, Jehovah Rapha. The ministry of Jesus is encouraging to those of us seeking healing, because throughout the Gospels we see a main theme. When Jesus healed somebody, it often required an action both before and after. The man with a withered hand, he went to Jesus. And then Jesus said, stretch out your hand. The centurion went and went to Jesus and asked for healing. After the paralytic man was healed, Jesus told him to take up his bed and walk. So there is responsibility for us when we have healing. And there's responsibility to ask for it and to desire it. When I read back that journal from 10 years ago, I realized that God heard me. My healing looks different than I wanted it to look. The pain, though dulled, is still there. But God continues to sustain. And instead of my wounds, like I prayed for in 2011, He is using my scars. I referenced a story in the book in, the, in, in that journal, Prayer of the North Face of God by Ken Geyer, for times when God seemed silent. That story of a man who did not understand why God had not taken away his affliction was so powerful to me. His question to God still resonates with me. Do you know how many people I could heal if you would just heal me? Do you know how many people I could help if you would just heal me? That resonates with me because I have prayed those same words, demanding that God do a work in my life so I could help others. That does continue to be a chief desire. But today, I ask for something different. I continue to ask for healing solely for me. Not for a microphone, not for a keyboard, not for a podium, not even for you, but for me. It is a hard prayer to pray because the remnants of trauma and realizing what I put out there for you is for me too. However, I am grateful that God heard that 2011 prayer, and while not all of my pain has been removed as I mentioned, these wounds I asked him to use are now scars. And as we know, because of Jesus, there is power in scars. Jesus had to use his own scars to reach, doubting Thomas. And when I think of his scars, it is a reminder that Jesus, too, had a dark night of the soul from the garden to the grave. He felt abandoned and even articulated that to the Father. He didn't mince his words either when the Father turned his back on him because he had to. He said, Father, why, why have you forsaken me? I say it a lot on this podcast about the passage of Scripture that we do not serve a high priest who does not understand our suffering. He knows. And so I end with a challenge for all of you under the sound of my voice. You could be like me and be very knowledgeable about, quote, unquote, why bad things happen. Or you could also be like the 2011 me and are in a place where you have given up on God. Can I challenge you to remember that throughout Scripture, in the red-letter words of Jesus, we find a common theme. Those who were healed first wanted to be whole. And second, sought Jesus to pursue that healing. And then they were a good steward of that healing. I think of the woman with the bleeding disorder. She wanted healing so badly, and like most of us had tried it her way first, giving everything she had to heal. 
She then had her but Jesus moment. She heard he was going to be in town, and here again, she wanted to be well, so she sought him out. And then she actionably touched his garment, just the hem of it, and was made whole. Almost all of the healings in the Bible, all of the miracles in the Bible, shows us that people seek the source of healing and are boldly asking. She sought him out, and she was healed. Why wouldn't a person suffering from the ill effects of trauma not desire and pursue healing? I think there are a lot of reasons for that, including unbelief, including the attention of people, including just the sheer hard work that it includes that is necessary for us to heal. But I think for me, I understand the responsibility of healing. I understand that it comes with a heavy burden that Jesus can help me carry. And for a long time, I was too mad at God to step into this healing zone. But Jesus did what he does, starring in the story, because he never let go. And while I don't even remember journaling that prayer or even asking him to heal me, he heard. And while I still struggle with PTSD, anybody close to me will tell you I have, in fact, experienced healing and continue to do so. My prayer, for, my prayer these days continues to be to Jesus heal the wound but leave the scar. I pray that because I understand the power of a scar. As I mentioned, Jesus had them everywhere, and the disciples' faith in him was solidified when Jesus highlighted his scars. He didn't focus on the wounds that he suffered or even the story of the wounds. He said more by showing his scars, his ugly, if you will, than any of us realize. Finally, I would encourage those of you who need healing to take one simple step towards it. One at first, pursue it second, even if it means you write a prayer manifesto about your dark night. He is there, as he promises in Philippians 1.6, and he will be faithful to complete that work in you. And for those of us who have asked, who desire wellness, may we be reminded what God said to the man in the north face of God. Maybe, maybe your power is in your affliction. And so I ask you, is that a sacrifice that any of us are willing to lay on the altar? Okay, God, leave the wound, but help. Are we willing to stay faithful to God even when he does not heal us completely? How much do we really trust him? When I started season two, I picked the song you hear as the podcast plays out. Here are some of the lyrics. You stay always so good. You pulled me out from the depths. So let my life glorify you and teach me to walk beside you. So let my life be one marked by you. As we end the podcast, I invite you to listen to the lyrics of this song. And I ask you once again, do you desire wellness? Are you willing to seek Jesus and ask him to turn your wounds into scars? Moreover, are you okay if he leaves it as a wound for just a little while? Are you willing to have a life that is marked by Jesus. Guys, there is power in affliction, and there is victory in defeat. And so may it always be that our lives, as traumatic as they may be, may we be marked by Jesus. 
the star who didn't forget that I asked for healing, even though I did. And he made it so. I am in the healing zone, and I am so grateful you are here with me. Touch his garment, guys. Stretch out your hand. Get into the healing pool. Pick up your mat and walk. Desire healing. Because no matter how it looks, a person seeking healing carries a powerful message to those in the part of their journey where they can't even form the words. Your pursuit of healing is honoring to the star of the story. His name is Jesus, the name above every name, where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And so as always, I am humbled that you chose to spend some time with me today. My prayer for you is that you would desire healing because it is for all of us. And don't forget, Jesus wins in the end and that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. Don't forget that, guys. Don't forget that. Also, don't forget that you are seen, known, loved, heard, and valued. And so before I see you again here in two weeks, I just want to thank you for your time. Please consider sharing this episode with a friend if you found value in it right there in your app where you are. Just share that with them. I will see you back here in two weeks. It will be April. It will be the podcast anniversary. It is also Childhood Awareness Month for Childhood Abuse. And so we will be highlighting some hopeful stories of that and a very, very, very special surprise. So until two weeks when I'm back here with you, I just encourage you guys, for some of you, let it begin. And for some of you, let it continue. And for those of you without the faith to ask, you can borrow mine. Jesus, so-